wonderful friend and human being jason flagel thank you i appreciate that <laughs> how are you feeling today man i know you're not you're, you don't sound too great you yeah, look I'm wonderful <laughs> but your voice is not indicative of how you're feeling i'm assuming yeah i'm working on getting through the final stages of my cold so i've got that cough and the phlegm that is like not going away <laughs> but hey i'm here because i'm so passionate about getting out our um, episodes every week so <laughs> yeah it's why well, we appreciate it and Today is a, it's an interesting episode because we have an awesome interview from someone we interviewed on our West Coast trip. So I know that's, that's, right. that's it's, it's been a couple months or whatever, but this was something that we wanted to, to really make a splash for what is effectively the end of season one of Grow Like a Pro. That's right. And we've kind of been holding um, his episode till the end, Adam, because this is, again, I don't want to like minimize the importance and value that the other guests have delivered to you guys. But uh, this is Barry Enderwick's episode. So Barry was a director uh, with Netflix and, you know, his name is very recognizable. He's a very sought after um, speaker as well. So he regularly travels all over the world to speak at conferences and events, uh, which is actually how I met him. Um, But yeah, we kind of have been holding this as like, our grand finale of season one, <laughs> yeah. um, I guess if we want to call it that. Um, and then Adam and I also want to talk a little bit about you know streaming services and some of the updates that they're doing, some of the upcoming new releases that are you know kind of in talks about happening. Because I know you know Disney's got their streaming service. Some other big streaming services are um, in talks to do something cool. So yeah, I mean this episode, of course, we'll be talking about that, and then. Uh, we'll be sharing about some of the new format of the uh, Grow Like a Pro show uh, that we'll talk about, too. So that's kind of the uh, where this episode's going. Yeah, definitely. And, and once again, to stay in touch with us to really figure out what's going on. If you want to be a part of the show, be sure to send all your questions and comments and everything to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Once again, that's hello at growlikeaproshow.com. And so as, as Jason kind of mentioned, Barry he was the director of global marketing and subscriber acquisition at Netflix, which is crazy. It's just, it's just crazy. And he, well, at the time, Adam, it was, you know, Netflix wasn't what it is today. Right. Cause they were still doing, I think when he was, when he, what he says it in the interview, but he was, uh, uh, in, within the 10th, within the next 10 to 20 higher, I think is what he said. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> uh, but the, uh, yeah, he was at the very early stages and they were still doing, you know, the mail, um, sending the, the videos and the games in mail. Um, so it was Netflix today is like nothing what it was in the past. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's interesting. He's so he started in 2001 and Netflix technically started in 1997. And yeah, it was, it was founded by Reed Hastings Mm -hmm. and Mark Randolph, like out in California. And yeah, like I said, it originally started, they, the original idea was for it to be like a, um, a subscription service, like with the renting, but also selling DVDs, but they stopped that, you know, pretty quickly and everything like that. But it's, it's interesting because when, when Barry came on, he came on in 2001 and he was the marketing design manager. So he came on, you know, at the manager level and stuff like that. But yeah, it's completely different to yeah. what it's looking at looking at by now. And, you know, he was with the company for 11 years up until 2012. And, um, I mean, even back then it was different. Because, I mean, now, like, as of April 2019, there's 148 million paid subscribers for Netflix. I mean, all their Netflix original content, all this kind of stuff. And Barry was there. You know, pretty much on the ground floor, getting things, getting things rolling, and it's that's been, the size of like a really large country. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. I know it's like it's 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 unbelievable, and you know, kind of for comparison too. So Hulu, you know, is one of the mm-hmm. the biggest, obviously, competitors, and they've had they have like twenty eight million subscribers. Wow. As of quarter one of twenty nineteen, there's like no comparison. Yeah, it's just I mean Netflix. <laughs> like I, I mean everyone has Netflix. It's just it's pretty standard. I mean it's it's crazy what what they've really done. And they're so great at making sure that they're producing what the user wants yeah at least in my opinion they've been really great at 
getting user input and then using that to make changes with how they serve uh, their customers. So like even when I've reached out for support questions or things like that, they've been so quick to get back. Uh, and they really go above and beyond, um, you know, other companies. Uh, like you mentioned, Hulu, you know, nothing against Hulu or uh, I use the Amazon Prime uh, streaming service yeah, too. Right. But it, just in user experience, user like service, what you get, I think Netflix is way above and beyond. And it was all else. Barry, nobody else. That's I think right. yeah, it's a great job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, way to job. go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we want to dive into a little more about Netflix and our thoughts and our other streaming services and kind of have a, list, a little conversation about the state of the streaming mm-hmm. world, which is kind of all over the place now. And everyone's trying to throw their hat in the ring. But I, I would like to jump to Barry just to get, get that because that's what's the most important. Yeah. And what, I think we're, we'll learn a bunch of stuff. And we're really excited to share this with you. And well, after it, just come back for some other talk about other awesome stuff. But yeah, and t- just uh, be aware that Adam and I caught Barry in a coffee shop in Palo Alto, California. <laughs> yeah, so there is a little bit of background. Yeah, noise. so yeah, sorry for a little bit of the audio quality, but the the conversations and everything are just fantastic. Even though it's a short one, yeah, I just I wish we could have talked to him for a lot longer, and hopefully well, in the future we'll be able to yeah, get him we'll back. We'll have him back. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, once again, I don't want to keep it any longer. So here is Barry Enderwick. Hey guys, what is up? It is Jason and Adam here from the Grow Like a Pro Show, and guess what? I'm so excited. We have got Barry Enderwick with us, one of the uh, former directors at Netflix. So exciting for him to spend some time with us today. Barry, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to to be with us and you know do a short video with us. But I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your story um, and then share a little bit how you got into uh, working with Netflix. Um, and then what you've been doing since you uh, ended up leaving Netflix. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, I was born in 1960. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> before uh, that. Before, before that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Full ancestry. Well, can we dial it back a little bit yes. further? Uh, no. So uh, I have a, a design and uh, graphic, uh, a background in graphic design. And um, I'm self-taught, although I did have a lot of people help me along the way. But uh, after getting kicked out of college, I kind of... Uh, ambled around, did various odd jobs, film colorization, waiting tables, buzzing tables, and then worked at an independent record store where I started to do uh, in-store signage by hand. Then I started doing flyers for bands using Xerox machines because I didn't have access to a computer. Then I did have access to a computer. A friend of mine who had a graphic design business uh, let me use her her office overnight to teach myself the software. And so I got a job after that doing pre-press, and then I started doing graphic design on my own, and then I got hired at Netflix because my then sister-in-law was playing indoor volleyball with the only designer at Netflix who worked on the product side. And when was this? Uh, 2001. Gotcha, gotcha. How big was the Netflix team at that time? Uh, so when I joined, it was about 150 people. Uh, but then we had layoffs about three months after I got there and we went down to about 75 people. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah, no, it was not a fun time. I can uh, but it, you know, it was one of those, it was an early, um, Example of how lead and management team thought about uh, thought strategically about what direction the company was going in, and then making a hard decision uh, to, to change focus. Um, now, so, what, what did you do uh, at Netflix? It was like so you started out as a graphic designer, right? And then what did you end up moving on to doing? Uh, well, eventually becoming a director of customer acquisition and conversion. Uh, and so what happened was, you know, initially just doing graphic design, executing against other other people's ideas. But then started to work with uh, our brand manager, my boss, uh, the VP of uh, Consumer Marketing and the CMO, Leslie Kilgore, to uh, learn brand positioning, language, uh, messaging, uh, thinking about acquisition and, and, and doing big tests and qualitative. That's right. <laughs> and then uh, doing uh, doing iterative uh, A-B tests to, to get incremental improvements. And just got to work on PR, comms, uh, everything to do with customer acquisition, uh, Email marketing, uh, remarketing, rejoin, uh, just every aspect of it. And even got to work on international market exploration when we first started going overseas, um, which was just a blast, of course. <laughs> That's yeah. so great. That's yeah. so awesome. And so when you started, was there any talk about like the streaming future, getting all that stuff? Or was there um, any rumblings of, this is where we want to go? Like, how, yeah. how did that whole thing, like, what was it like when you first started compared to, obviously, now it's just, completely different ballgame. <laughs> when it first started, we were running up a, uh, a sand hill. Like, it was, we were just, 
trying to grow, trying to figure out how to get traction. Yeah. Um, and you know, brand was, I wouldn't say a consideration. And streaming was wasn't really thought. We didn't really talk about it then, but soon after, probably around 2004, when Reed and, and the executive team started th thinking about the fact that broadband access was becoming more ubiquitous, the cost of it was going down, and the speeds were going up. Yeah. So someone was going to be in the streaming space, and it should be us. So then the strategy shifted to be grow big on DVD, right. and then move into streaming, which is installed base. And the way it was executed was uh, we, we would get away with a lot of, in, in, I wouldn't say get away with, I should rephrase it. Um, we would be forgiven for not having an ideal, perfect streaming scenario if we were able to phase it in. And so it was introduced in 2007 as an add-on to the DVD service for free. Yeah. The library was terrible, the, the picture quality was terrible. You could only stream it on a PC, not even a, not a Mac, not anything else. But it kept getting better and better and better and better, eventually started charging a premium for it, then started charging it as a separate uh, service, and now it's, it's everything. So, I mean, you obviously were a part of Netflix at a very crucial time. What ended up like sparking your desire to kind of move on? What, were, what, what uh, events kind of took place? And uh, what did you end up doing after you left Netflix? Uh, well, the thing that uh, was amazing was, so we had the DVD portion where we were trying to grow. And then we were battling Blockbuster and Walmart. And we actually beat Walmart because they didn't really <laughs> quite know how to handle the situation but um, so then we moved from that to how do we do streaming then we moved from how do we do streaming to how do we go to international so we the, the business kept changing and the challenges kept growing and I just couldn't leave it was just too fascinating and I was I jumped around and I was like being going to the one of the best business schools I could go to but getting paid to do it <laughs> so that leaves that who yeah, is that? seriously. Um, but I did leave that. <laughs> um, we made the transition in uh, 2012 to Originals, Netflix Originals. And again, that was another key shift going from a content aggregator to uh, an actual producer of, of content. And so the marketing of it had to be more like a movie studio. And that was not something I was necessarily that keen on, per se. Uh, and so I left. Uh, and formed a Kaizen Creative Partnership after that with the former brand manager at Netflix, a friend of mine, Gary McMath. And for four years, we helped companies figure out what their brand position was, how to uh, figure out what their brand attributes were, what their brand story was, and then how to apply that to every aspect of the business, marketing, comms, products, everything. Because we did that at Netflix, and it really just paid off in space. That's awesome. So, so I mean, obviously you're doing, you're, you're very skilled at what you do there. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> but what um, what do you want to do for the future? Yeah. Like what I mean you Kaizen, you know, amazing things, but what are you looking to do for the future? Well I think well for me my next role I'm looking to expand into the ownership of marketing. Um, or entire if not that the entire brand marketing experience. Um, and ideally I'd like to go to a company that is doing something that has that has a meaningful impact on people's lives. Yeah. Uh, and I'm talking to a few companies now that I one name, um, but they, they, they do in different ways have that component to them. Uh, and so, and you know, also I'm keen on sharing knowledge. Like I might be going to Australia in, in August to talk to a, a research coalition down there, do uh, consumer research about Netflix and how we use consumer research to grow. Um, but you know, my knowledge is useless if it's all locked up here. So I'm keen on sharing it. That's why I write so much. Oh, yeah. And so are you still with Kaizen? Is that still kind of the main thing? Right no, now? no, we uh, we went in house with one of our clients, uh, who shall remain nameless. Yeah. And uh, let's just say it wasn't as we were sold. Yeah. Um, so since then, I've uh, been just sort of consulting as a kind of a try before you buy type thing. Yeah. And I might be going in house soon. Uh, so, uh, Barry, what are some of the best ways that people can get connected with you? Do you have like any URLs or any kind sure. of contact information you want to share with the authors? Uh, can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, just look for Barry Underwood. The only one that I know of. Uh, Twitter, uh, I'm at the Barry WE. Uh, and those are the primary. I'm also on Medium. Uh, unfortunately, they don't let me change my uh, my handle on there, so it's still Kaizen Barry. Because <laughs> that was my Twitter handle when I joined Medium. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, and then if you want fun and non-business stuff, I've got five Instagram accounts. <laughs> if you look at the Barry WE, 
account, you'll see the other accounts listed in the bio. They're goofy. Thank They're you. goofy. Yeah, you hit it. What's one of them? Uh, in the chips. In the chips. It's, yeah, I do video reviews of potato chips. Interesting uh, potato chips from around the world. And it's edited. And it has subtitles. The subtitles are uh, a complete ripoff of the Colbert Report, where the where the subtitles get chippy with me. <laughs> That's amazing. So, I love that. Pretty fun. And, and Barry, I guess yeah. one last thing I would say, you know, obviously when people hear Netflix, I mean, that's that's a dream of a lot of people working at a company of that caliber. And I mean, I know you started when you were still, when it was still a younger company, but it was still a big thing. And what do you have to say to people out there who are trying to get to their dream company or someplace that has that type of name and when they're kind of finding their way to where they want to be in the future? I would say that don't discount where you're at now. So when I joined Netflix, it was not a big thing. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of people have come to me and said, oh, well, marketing Netflix must have been easy. And it's like, absolutely not. Yeah. It was a behavior change, a complete shift oh, in how you rented movies. And you had to trust this company was going to send you movies over the mail. They'd arrive safely. Yeah. And then you'd be trusted to send them back. It's a whole different model. You couldn't just go down the street to get it. You had to wait for the mail. I could, I, like, when I joined Netflix, I can't tell you how many times I had to explain it to my parents. <laughs> and neighbors. Like, now, what is Netflix again? Yeah. So, the thing is, like, you could be at the next Netflix and not know it. Yeah. So take a look around. Uh, you know, if, you're, if the management and the leadership are making smart calls uh, and thinking strategically, you might get the next Netflix. Yeah. You don't know. Um, so, and, you know, because I posted that thing the other day about the IPO. And so, oh, I wish we could, I could have been there, but I was only 10. It's like, well, you, you, you can be. It may not be at the Netflix, but there might be a version of it out there that, that you could be at. Yeah. So don't, don't just... Don't discount it. Yeah, don't discount it. that infatuation of, sure. wow, I was so successful, I wish I would have been there. Right. But yeah, like you said, they don't really look around for what's going on now. Right, exactly. <laughs> Find the next Netflix. looking into the past when they should be focusing on what's going on. The future. Yeah. yeah. The past is nice. It's fun to look at, but oh, it doesn't yeah. actually predict anything. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, you can still be aspirational and watch work at Netflix or LinkedIn if that's what people want. Yeah. Um, but, you know, don't discount where you are just because it's not Netflix and what Netflix is today. Netflix, but, Netflix has been around since 1997. Yeah. Right? I know people don't realize that. It's yeah, like, it's been a long time. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So, the, so yeah. Uh, any other final questions you have? Yeah, no, I think that, that was one of the main things I wanted to know because I think that was a great point is that, sure, you can obviously aspire to it, but yeah, don't discount what you're doing now because it may be, become something. Just take advantage of every moment, every opportunity. It's, that's, that's how you got to do it. And also, you know, like, you know, the other thing from a, a more personal perspective is to take a look at the situation you're in and maybe the company's not ideal. Yeah. That's okay because if you're still learning and growing professionally from the, the position you're in, that's good. Yeah. That is not bad at all. Right. Uh, it's when you're in a position in a company that's not doing great and you're not advancing or you're not yeah. learning things. That's when it's time to start looking around. Truck in the mud or something. Right. You exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to be that. No. no Such way. good insights, Gary. Yeah. Um, again, thank you so much, yeah. Gary. You really betcha. Absolutely. Again, we were kind of in your backyard. So yeah. I know. Had to stop by. Yeah. yeah. Had to stop by. So Happy thank you, do you it, so man. much. Um, and yeah, I actually would really love to have you on to do a longer episode at Absolutely. some point in the near future. Okay. Because uh, I think you've got so many amazing insights oh, wow. and like, so much expertise <laughs> to share with our listeners. Jeez, I, I don't know if I can pay that off. <laughs> oh, actually, no, I do have one final question. Uh -oh. what, what is in your Netflix queue right now? Oh. <laughs> uh, well, they don't call it a queue anymore. They call it a list. Yeah, that's true. That's Although, true. I, 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 I am, I'm always fascinated by how queue took off as a, a popular reference yeah, yeah. for a, a list of things and it's because of Netflix. Oh, yeah, I know. That, was, that was a brand battle, but that's for another story. But, Stay um, tuned. What is, and we just started watching uh, Russian Doll. Oh, I've heard that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, so I've only watched two episodes, yeah. but it's kind of like a uh, darker brown Yeah, right, that's what I hear. Oh, yeah. And I'm kind of digging it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I've heard such great things about that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the thing that's on, on, on deck now. Nice, very good. Waiting for Stranger Things to come back. Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, All right well, cool. thank you so much, Barry. You betcha. And we will catch you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye. See ya. There was Barry Underwick, and I I think one of my favorite things from that conversation is you know when he asked him like what is someone who's trying to get to the next Netflix and all that kind of stuff yeah. and now he's like you may be at the next Netflix yep. you just don't know it I mean I think that's such an important lesson I think especially in the business world is 
you may want to reach obviously reach the success of these people these people you idolize the ceos the people who have like multi-million dollar companies but just kind of saying i want to get there i want that job i want to do that it's kind of short-sighted thinking like make the most of your opportunities you don't know what you're doing right now may be the next thing i mean like i said when netflix started i mean i'm sure they had ideas of grandeur and everything but there's no way they could have anticipated how they literally had would have taken over the world. I mean, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, and I think, Adam, if they were focused on trying to become, like, they, in their case, they could, probably could have said they want to become like the Microsoft or the Blockbuster. Apple. Blockbuster. They want yeah. to be, they want literally. I mean, I that mean, was part of the part of their story is Blockbuster. But if they're so focused on that, they're not focused on building their company effectively. So it's that idea where they're not focusing on the right things. And if they're not focusing on the right things, making those right decisions at that current time, constantly innovating, they will lose that you know, competitive edge. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that. It's, you, the focus is back on the company. And you look at, uh, you, know, you mentioned Hulu uh, at the beginning of the episode, Adam. I think... Hulu and some of the other streaming services, they focus on their competition, like Netflix, Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, some of the other streaming services, and that's why they're not performing as well as Netflix. Netflix is focusing on themselves and becoming the best company that they can be to serve their customers the best way that they can. Um, And that's really what separates, um, you know, a great company from um, a good company. Uh, Jim Collins book uh, good to great he talks a little bit about that it's you know the idea that they're focusing on becoming the best company that they can be you know Steve Jobs I think talked about it in one of his last interviews uh, with Bill Gates actually he's like we're not trying to be Microsoft yeah we're trying to be exactly so it's that same idea those great companies stand out because they focus on their own company they focus on serving their own customers and that's how it really should be yeah because you can like i said you can emulate your your people that inspire you you can learn from them you can learn from their teachings but you should try to be yourself you should try to be the the next thing you should buy because you are the unique part of this formula like you're not the this other thing you you can't you're never going to be steve jobs because Mm -hmm. steve jobs was steve jobs that's right but you could be a steve jobs type or the next steve jobs in a sense but it's going to be you and who, who's making that you're never going to be Steve Jobs <laughs> so yeah, it's I think it's just imp- an important lesson to learn is like you have the power to become these people surpass these people reach your dreams and do all that stuff and I think while it's good to emulate and want to work at these companies and there's nothing wrong with that but you should realize yeah the, the worth of what you have and what your business has mm-hmm. and how it could be unique and really make a difference that you know Apple could have never dreamed of in a sense so yeah, that's right well yeah. I mean to use another example Adam of someone well-known today elon musk is another one where you know people are like wow he does so many things he does you know what three or four different companies um five companies now i think uh but you talk with him uh, in an interview you watch the interviews that he's done and it really comes down to that like people are like why did you want to do spacex why did you want to do you know tesla motors like why and he's like I just wanted those things, and I think the people in the future want those things. <laughs> yeah. He just does it, and that's what he wants. Right. Like, um, you know, Steve Jobs, where he saw, when he saw Steve Wozniak's personal computer that he built, he recognized that, wow, that's the way of the future. People are going to want this, and let's do the best that we can to serve them with that. And that's what they did. Um, you know, it's Netflix. It's like they, you know, Reed Hastings at the very beginning, he recognized and saw an area that could be capitalized and serve people. And then it, bur- it burst out the whole streaming service. You know, yeah. they started with physical items, but they really, I don't even know if they had any indication of what the streaming service could do. But recognizing that as an opportunity, um, which all companies should be doing again, is constantly thinking about how they can innovate, uh, looking at where the market's going, where looking at what people want. Um, they capitalized on that like crazy. Yeah, and so. it's, it's interesting because, like I said, they started around 1997. Mm-hmm. And in 2000, they had around around 300,000 subscribers, Netflix did. And that's kind of when this whole Blockbuster thing kind of came up where Blockbuster, they had like a little meeting in Blockbuster. Their, their idea was they wanted to buy Netflix and they offered them $50 million 
to basically become blockbuster.com. So if that would have went through, Netflix would have been wouldn't have been no more. The team would have been there yeah. and they would have become blockbuster.com. They would have handled, you know, the online part of it and the sending out the videos and blockbuster would have obviously done their brick and mortar stuff. And like can you imagine how different yeah. like the world would be or how things would be? I mean can you imagine selling Netflix now for fifty million dollars? Like, I, it's, I mean, it's it's there's. I don't think you could really even truly value Netflix and how much it is. I mean, yep. it's like it's unbelievable well, what, I mean, what it's grown even from. Like fifty million dollars is a, you know a dollar for fifty million people. They have a hundred what forty six million. You said yeah. users. <laughs> so, one hundred forty eight million. Oh yeah. man, that's crazy. Yeah, like even a dollar per <laughs> of those users is like oh. Yeah, it's we're it's talking madness. about a lot of money here. But essentially, because you know, in 2000, they weren't really obviously doing the streaming stuff. I think they just had those ideas of the online portion and getting more on you know the dot com sites and all this kind of stuff. And it wasn't really till 2007 where they really started putting their feet into the streaming world. So yep, yep. there was almost 10 years of Netflix with no streaming. And like nowadays, you can't even imagine that. Yeah, like I, I mean, there's there's. Pretty I sp- never used Netflix until they had the streaming. Like so, I used to. I actually used to use Netflix, like in college I, I, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you told me about. Yeah, that. yeah. Crazy. I used to. I remember. I used to. I watched Battlestar Galactica on Netflix, <laughs> and I remember having to wait for like each disc. Like I would, I would, I would. You have to send it back, and I think they sent out like two or three at a time. But there were times where I'd watch it all in yeah. a row, and I'm like, oh my god, what is Netflix coming? Come on, come on. That's <laughs> just. It's one of those things that people are never gonna have to yep. deal with because literally all you have to do is say next episode skip intro like there's so many conveniences now but it's just it's funny because you know it's it's probably hard for especially our younger listeners and people to realize like what netflix was because you see it now and it's kind of hard to imagine that their whole business model was very different but i mean it had the same obviously you know mission and heart and things like that but how they kind of capitalized on technology and believed in their mission didn't i mean i mean it's crazy too i mean blockbuster like i said back in the day was the video center like it, it yeah. was of the of all over and it's it's crazy that they built a company that caught the eye of blockbuster that basically was like we want you to become the future of blockbuster and yeah. they're like meh we're good That's right <laughs> well and i mean the uh the whole idea too is like that <clears throat> i if i remember correctly i think they were close to bankruptcy netflix was a, a number of times yeah i would not doubt it uh but you know, Reed and the other visionaries in the company believed that the company can become, you know, worldwide and do things much greater than even what Blockbuster ever wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, right, right. So that's being true to who they were and uh, who they are and what they wanted, I think, was so important with, you know, making that those decisions. So, you know, it is kind of Netflix's fault that Blockbuster's gone and I'll never forgive them for that. Well, I mean, there's. <laughs> no, it's, I'm just kidding. There's, it's actually Blockbuster's fault and a lot of other factors. But. Yeah, I was going to say you. There's so many things throughout history that, uh, due to innovative changes, where you know, th- uh, companies were put out of business. Yeah, like so sad. You know, well, and the the sad thing and the dangerous thing is some of the bad companies can recognize that and will try to put out the new innovative oh, companies sure. out of business. Yeah, that happens all uh, the which, time. Yeah, it's. Pretty regular. Yeah, either put them out or purchase them up to get rid yep. of them. I mean, there's yeah, there's That's so right. many ways. So, um, which is a, which I think is an interesting thing that I kind of want to dive into, kind of the Hulu, Disney Plus type thing because yeah. obviously, so Hulu. I mean, where Netflix is, you know, very is streaming. It has or a lot of the more older shows. I mean, they have a lot of original content and things, but Hulu's about like the right now. Like yeah. it's about when you want to watch Brooklyn Nine Nine or you want to watch some of these television shows. Like the next day. Netflix doesn't have a lot yeah. of that. They have right. the stuff that's in, kind of in the past, plus they're now especially their original content. But Hulu kind of prides itself on, hey, you miss primetime television? Let's watch it right now. But obviously they're a lot more ad-supported with things mm-hmm. like that. But, yeah, um, yeah it's interesting because Hulu actually started back in 2007, too, around that kind of time. And um, it's – they well, they actually the idea was announced in 2006, and it was like in a conglomeration of a bunch of different companies like AOL and Fox and all these other kind of crazy people. And <laughs> when the, the it went live in 2007, and it was just an announcement only, like no website or anything, and public access began in 2008. So, I mean, Hulu's been around for a very long time as well. And the, I, I found this fact interesting. Like I don't know how many people know this, but the meaning of Hulu – is actually like a it's it's an it's a Chinese proverb like it's a Mandarin word and this is kind of a quote from their blog where it's like the primary meaning in, uh, in Mandarin Hulu has two interesting meanings each highly relevant to our mission the primary meaning interested 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 us 
because it is used in an ancient Chinese proverb that describes the Hulu as the holder of precious things. It literally translates to gourd. And in ancient times, the Hulu was hollowed out and used to hold precious things. The secondary meaning is interactive recording. We saw both definitions as appropriate bookends and highly relevant to the mission of Hulu. So that's kind of interesting. That is crazy. <laughs> it was so interesting. It caused Jason to have a coughing attack. Yeah, I, I was just like, I needed to cough. So <laughs> I, I needed to have a Hulu. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, Hulu, I, I feel like a lot of people probably just think Hulu is like a made up word or something that they did something. But there is there's some history behind it, which I think is kind of cool. Because it's always fun to come up with your own word and stuff like that. But I think when you find a word that really isn't used, that has meaning in, even in a different language or especially a company like Hulu that's an international company, I think it's it, it adds to the allure of the company. And it's cool, even though I, I got to say, I don't think very many people realize that. I no, know. I, d- I, I never, I never knew it until I was doing yeah, this I, research. I was like, I oh, interesting. <laughs> I really like that, though, because like for me coming up with a company name is so important oh for like, sure it's it's an it's, i mean yeah it's, it, an identity it literally is yeah uh, and as the founder too it's a reflection of who you are you know so like having a a name that really encapsulates the mission vision and values is so important and that's what i think hulu really does i, I really like that name it's very interesting it's really cool um and it's like you say it and people are like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it catches Yeah, It's like, what is it? And it's, yeah, it's, I love, I love the two syllable names too of companies yeah. like Google, yeah. Apple. Like it's just very, it's easy to remember, easy to say, and it's, it's yeah. catchy. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, but it's simplicity is always better. Oh yeah, exactly. For <laughs> sure. Almost always better. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, but, but the interesting thing too, I think about Hulu, which I think is going to be very interesting for the future is because, so Hulu is, let's say last year before mm-hmm craziness happened that we'll talk about shortly but um it was basically owned it's like a conglomerate of people that own it so comcast owns 30 percent fox owned 30 percent disney owned 30 percent then there was 10 percent that was owned by at&t so at&t sold off its shares so those are kind of being they're kind of up in the air as to where those are going to go but as you're familiar if you've been following the business world um disney bought fox mm-hmm. part of that deal was hulu so now disney owns 60 percent of hulu wow. so they have a controlling interest in hulu and it's it's kind of crazy and who knows where these at&t shares go so it may even be more but so now it kind of shakes out where 60 percent is owned by disney 30 percent is still by comcast and then this 10 percent owned by at&t are still kind of floating in the air mm. so this is what's very interesting because first of all freaking disney <laughs> i mean it's a, I, I mean i don't know how you can't call this company a monopoly at this point because it's just they yeah. literally own everything it's, they own so much. it's insane um but so they're getting ready to launch their own streaming platform mm-hmm. so not only do they own 60 percent of hulu they also are getting ready to launch disney plus on november 12th and if you're unfamiliar with that it's basically the one-stop shop for everything disney but mm-hmm. what that means is star wars marvel national geographic and disney yep Every, all the vault movies, every signature collection Disney movie, all the classics, all the animated films, all the Marvel films, all the Star Wars films, all the TV shows, original programming, National Geographic documentaries, all this stuff, just all under one banner for, I think, six ninety nine a month if you want to do it, which wow. is crazy. That is crazy. Six ninety nine a month for everything you can imagine for Disney. And the, the great thing about Disney Plus, too, is it's all downloadable, too. So mm-hmm. you can watch it offline where, you know, some like Netflix, most of the shows are some aren't hulu has some of that but have being able to download and have your those disney films and star wars classics and marvel films wherever you are i mean it's like what a what a deal yeah it's crazy that's right and you know what these companies are going to do adam is they'll be offering up ad space oh for sure so the streaming is now becoming the new tv yeah of what tv used to be (laughs) yeah it's crazy because it's on demand and so many people want, you know, on-demand services. And that's why this this D- Disney streaming service, well, I, I'm really curious to see what happens with Hulu. Because yeah. in my opinion, I think they'll buy out Comcast to take complete control of Hulu and either kill it or just ha- keep it as a separate thing from the Disney. Um, so here's, here's what I think is going to happen with it. So Disney obviously is, is family friendly. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Star Wars and Marvel, they're not, like, gory, but they get a little more into, you know, the older demographic and there are things. But I don't think Disney's or Hulu's going to want to have, like, you know, 
Handmaiden's Tale yeah. and have like Man in the High Castle and these like very brutal mm-hmm. graphic shows and sex stuff and all these kind of things. So I think having Hulu for that part of the adult programming where they can kind of, you know, experiment a bit more, get a little more edgy, kind of get to that HBO market and different things like that. I think it's like a separate place where they're able to keep those things separate and keep Disney a little more wholesome with a little more, you know, there's going to be some good stuff obviously for all ages and some tense dramas and crazy action scenes and all this kind of stuff. But once we get to like the, you know, the next level stuff of, of the really crazy stuff, I think that's where Hulu is going to come in. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because like I said, I just I don't think we're gonna see Handmaiden's Tale on Disney Plus. It just doesn't no. doesn't really fit. <laughs> but the show is. Yeah, I mean, not. you know, the, those kind of shows are incredible, and they obviously deserve a place. But I think it's it's good to have it. But it'll yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do end up buying a lot of it. If there'll be some package or subscription service or something where it's yeah. combining all these things, because I think this is where my biggest problem is with <laughs> the streaming world. And I'd love to kind of get your opinion and talk about this. But like, when are we gonna hit critical mass? Like, yeah. how many subscription services can we have? How many different apps can we have before it's like, it can't support all these things. It's crazy. Yeah. Apple's coming out with one later this year with all this original programming. I mean, they have, everybody's, everybody is getting into the streaming game. And it sounds like everyone's trying to get their own piece of the pie. Yep. I mean, you know, all the networks like CBS has their all access thing. Mm-hmm. NBC's talking about having their own thing. I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, for me, what I'm thinking about is same thought process you're having adam is like what is that critical uh, critical mass but then i'm also thinking about too like we see this in so many different things because it's just the process of um like a cycle of um innovation and you know innovate it's like you're releasing something new that people start to adopt it and then you hit like a plateau right so i think we're going to see an introduction of something completely new or a way to use streaming that we've never seen before. Um, and what that does is create this opportunity for the people to choose, you know, which one that they want to go with. And that's what I think if I were at Disney, I would be thinking about doing because, um, yeah, they're buying up a lot of the streaming services. They're going to be a power player. Uh, uh, this is what I would be thinking if I, would, if I were Netflix what do we have and they've done it in the past where you know they were so focused on physical aspects of sending it uh, the D- uh, dvds movies um, and things through the mail but and then they did the streaming so what's that next stage um i i don't even know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just saying like like you said it's we're at that stage where the critical mass is going to be there and it's a it's it's perfect opportunity for innovation, something oh, yeah, new to definitely. come about, um, and that's what I'm excited about because the things we didn't know we wanted. Yeah, exactly. I'm you know, you're like I again. I'm, I mentioned I didn't even use Netflix uh, until recently. It's like been four last four years, I think, is when I started using it. Yeah. Um. So it, it, and I'm very I'm very picky when I decide to do a, a subscription service because. Um, I have to know I'm going to use it. Otherwise, it's like, why am I going to continue paying this? Right. So like doing things where you get a lot more value for the price, um, it's just going to stand out. It's going to be sustainable. Um, But yeah, these companies like Netflix, Hulu, uh, well, not Hulu, but Netflix and the other ones outside of what Disney owns. Um, yeah, I would be nervous and I would be thinking about what's the, what's the, you know, new innovative things that we can do to really stand out from the competition. Yeah, And I think another thing that's crazy too is, I mean, I think a lot, a lot of people's in the past few years, you hear like cord cutters, cable cutters, mm-hmm. people getting rid of cable because it's cheaper. I'll just watch Netflix and do this, but it's getting to the point where it's probably not going to be cheaper to get yeah. all these, all this programming. Cause right. I think my biggest fear in the streaming world, and I don't know if you share this with me, but I'm sure a lot of my, a lot of listeners out there do, is when freaking Netflix loses the rights to The Office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, and because you know NBC, I like I said, that. NBC has been talking about starting their own thing, and there's obviously rumors because things come and go as licensing happens and stuff like that. And I think Netflix just announced they have it through 2021, oh, but cool. after that, I mean. I just can you imagine a world where the office is not on Netflix or I would have to buy it on DVD. Yes, I mean, yeah, that would be. (laughs) I mean, I would have to get some streaming thing because that is like comfort food for me. Like the most 
one of the most important things that has gotten me through so many things just while I'm writing or mm-hmm. while I'm hanging out is just watching The Office because it's just so good just yeah. to have on in the background. You don't really have to focus, but every once in a while you look up and you're like, <laughs> I remember yeah. that. That was good. Well, but I, I, I don't I, even remember the last time I watched a DVD. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't either. I mean, I used to, I, I, I was one of those people growing up where I'm like, I want to have the big Blu-ray collection, big DVD, because yeah. I always remember going to like my my parents' friend's house and seeing that I'm like, oh man, I want to have that one day. <laughs> and I, I did that for a while. Like there was a few years that I would just buy so many Blu-rays. Yeah. And it was probably a big mistake, but <laughs> I still have a select few. But yeah, I mean, I never use them anymore. Yep. That's and it's, right. I mean, you still get the best quality when you watch like kind of 4K or Blu-ray disc and things like well, that. Well, some but of it's the Blu-ray uh, discs that I've bought, Adam, they come with a digital yeah, now they copy. Do, yep. So I just like, I'm like, why would I put the physical <laughs> disc in when I can just watch? Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't it's, make it's, sense. It's interesting, but it's, but yeah, I, 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 uh, I really fear the day if, if Netflix or if The Office does leave Netflix and it goes to NBC and it's like ad supported or something, yeah. I would just, oh. That would just be a heartbreaker, man. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, it's it's a it's an exciting future because it's it's really exciting that we have so much of this just at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. But it's also just it's getting to the point, I think. And and maybe people will find a way and they'll have things. But I, I'm I'm afraid there's going to be all these incredible shows and these things that are just drowned out because there's just so much. Like how do you choose what to watch? It's insane. Yep, that's right. So well, hopefully, some of these streaming services. We'll add in like podcast listening ability too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, that's a whole other topic, Adam. But talking about you know like what Spotify is doing uh, with their um, the podcast service. Was it Spotify who acquired mm-hmm. um, the? I can't even remember the names of the companies. Uh, but basically, podcasting. So they want to you know create their own podcasting uh, streaming service. Yeah. So that's a, something new and innovative because so many people love listening to podcasts because. You know, they turn it on while they're at work, exercising, driving, doing things, you know, where they they want to have that time to listen to something where it's entertaining, but they can also learn valuable yeah. information, too. Yeah, I'd be curious to see if someone would come up with like a podcast streaming service where it's like high quality, not high quality, like not saying podcasts aren't high quality, but like it's scripted series or episodes or yeah. things that are like maybe hearkening back to like the days of the audio drama or the radio drama where you get really high profile actors and big directors and people doing audio shows well, that are have you, things like that. So have you heard about Blackout? No, I don't think so. Okay, one of, <laughs> I just found this the other day. <laughs> so <clears throat> I was talking to uh, one of the interns at Genesis Marketing Group uh, the other day. He told me about this new audio, like like you just said, it's an audio drama. It's called Blackout. Um, and it's the narr- the star of the, the audio uh, narrative is Rami Malek from oh, nice. like Mr. Robot yep. and uh, I think Night at the Museum 2 is what he he started. And he's going to be the villain in James Bond. Yeah. Oh, so excited for that. But yeah, so Blackout is like, I, I've been listening to it the last few days. It is so awesome. So is he just a narrator? Are there other voices? No, it, it's literally like a show, but just, just audio? pure audio. Oh, yeah, like the, he go, it's, so the whole, st- I don't want to give away too much because you guys definitely need to check it out. Uh, but it, there's like a blackout that happens and Rami, uh, his character is like a, a, a radio DJ. Oh, okay. So he like walks through what happens, how the blackout happens, and it's basically like a dystopian kind of hmm. story. It's so cool. Like, did it yeah. just come out? Is it like recent? Um, it's Mar- March uh, 2019 oh, okay. is when it was gotcha. released. Huh. So yeah, I mean, a few months ago. Um, but yeah, it's so good. Really cool. I was pretty pumped yeah, when I started that listening too. to it. <laughs> That's funny. Because <laughs> I'll turn on... Did I'll... you just have that pulled up when I started talking about it? Yes. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I told you I've been listening to it. That's so awesome. I, as you were talking about it, I'm like, this is like literally, <laughs> literally what, what I'm saying. You're... Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to do that because I think that's yeah, I think that's a great idea because like I said, podcasting is I mean, it's exponentially growing and growing and growing. But I think there is a point where people are probably trying to figure out the best ways to monetize it or to take it to the next level and to do things. And I think it'd be interesting to see if there is like a type of service that could really offer, you know, something that's that's different because that's that's a whole different ballgame. Like it's you're not it's a whole different market like the streaming service. Obviously, you have to be 
watching, sitting on a plane, watching at home, sitting yep. in a car. But the podcasting, it's when you're working out, when you're yeah. driving in a car, when you're doing that. And I think there is a lot more growth, especially for that, because people love podcasting, but, you know, people expect the free podcast. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sure. that there's I think there's definitely some room for growth and they can really make an impact with shows like Blackout or things like that. It'll be. be I want to see fully immersive. Choose your own adventures. Yeah. Me where, too. You know, I, Netflix oh, yeah. did their. Um, what was it? Bandersnatch. Uh, yeah, Black Bandersnatch, uh, which I loved it. Yeah. But fully immersive. What I mean is like either doing a virtual reality or an augmented reality experience where you are not just like watching it on a screen you're a part of it yeah Yeah. so those kinds of experiential um things uh, i think is where we're going to be going for the future you know there's a lot of research being done on like the tactile feedback things where you can if you've seen the movie ready player one um the suits that they wear they can actually feel the things that they're experiencing that um you know augmented or virtual reality well they're coming Um, out so we're getting one step closer because they're coming out with this thing called oculus quest which is you know they have this the vr headsets but the biggest problem with vr headsets is they they either have like these mobile versions Mm -hmm. that are really not great they don't give you like the full experience of everything or they have the really expensive ones that first of all you need a huge computer for it like a huge gaming rig that's like two thousand dollars plus the headsets are around a thousand dollars and all this stuff but um, they're coming out with Oculus Quest, which is a standalone VR headset that gives you, it's not quite as good as the gaming PCs, but it's still very good. And it comes with the touch controllers where it has like hand gesture recognition mm. and one-to-one imagery with your, there's cameras on the thing. And I think that's going to be a big step because the biggest problem with virtual reality now is like the limitations, like being, like I said, tied down to a cord, needing all this money, need cameras around that. But once we get to the point where like, I mean, Apple's doing it with their AR camera with, with yeah. on their iPhone. And when VR gets a little more mainstream, I think we're going to start seeing some really cool stories. Like you said, That's where crazy. you're, you're wow. more of an active participant in a story instead yeah. of just sitting back and, and doing something. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, in that case, though, you know, you can't really do that while you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> well, of <laughs> so course. But I, it would be kind of different dynamic. Yeah. But. It'd be interesting to see, like. I, I, I think a cool idea would be like, let's say you're driving and you're listening to one of these audio dramas or mm-hmm. something. And then it gives you like some options and then like Siri automatically activates and you can say yeah, like option a or be, option B or something. Yeah, that's <laughs> completely different. Yeah, yeah. So that would be, that would be kind of a cool, like that opens a whole thing. new, like legal ramifications <laughs> for like what, cause you know, um, at least the iPhones, they've got the, you know, the what, do not disturb mode while yeah, you're driving. Right. Yeah, the automatically activates. So things like that, that's, I mean, it just adds in all this, these new things that they can yeah. Like Amazon with their drone uh, delivery. Uh-huh. Like, you know, the FAA has to create all these new regulations. I for, know. So, but that, I mean, that's just the growing pains of innovation. For sure. Um, which is great. And we need more people doing that. And that's why entrepreneurs are so important. Yeah. And I think they've got one of the best things um in the entire world and that's creating the future yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> to be part deep. of the future I know. <laughs> yeah well i'm excited about the future of streaming all this stuff but i'd like to take a minute to talk about the future of girl like a pro yeah let's definitely talk about so that. yeah so jason and i there's there's a couple changes coming up um and yeah jason we can kind of lead the conversation see kind of where where how how you know in depth we want to go but mm-hmm. we're going to be taking just a, a little break from weekly episodes yeah. and we're going to kind of restructure some of the shows how we handle things and we've purchased some new equipment i know we've talked about the studio being upgraded and stuff and it's taken a little longer than we you know had hoped it would be but we have some ideas for how we're going to do stuff and it's going to involve a lot more you know live streaming mm-hmm. i think it's going to yeah. be a lot more i think of the moment of the future as it were and try to get more things out there get more engagement with our cust- with our listeners and i think one thing that we really want to do too is like when we have a guest on, we want to be able to, you know, announce them ahead of time. We want to mm-hmm. be able to promote it more to get questions in that are specific instead of just saying, Oh, Hey, it's a Thursday. Who is it? Hey, here it is. This yeah. person. We want to kind of get a little more, a little more structured in a sense in some ways, but also a little more free form and live and off the cuff in, in another sense. And another thing that I think we want to focus on too is, is having more conversations with just you and I, mm-hmm. Because yep. as important as the guests are, which, I mean, we can't thank them enough for everything. It's I, I do enjoy these conversations, too. And I think yeah, there's value right. in, in us discussing topics and doing things and not just having a straight interview show. So I think it'll kind of give some another dynamic to the show. While obviously still the guests will be a main 
like focus of it. I think it'll be just a little shakeup that will kind of let us let us talk about some other topics that we may not really get to dive into when we're just interviewing a guest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of a framework, we're looking probably to do um, a show with a guest where we'll do an interview um, every other week. And then the opposite week will be, you know, an off topic episode that you know, we hear feedback from you guys on a particular topic that we want to do. So we've done, you know, a few of those in the past where we talked about leadership and like what happened with uh, Toys R Us when they were uh, declaring bankruptcy. So things like that where we we talk about, you know, what are some current trending uh, marketing, branding, business topics uh, that we can talk about where we give you guys insights that you need, you know, to be those best entrepreneurs that you can be. So that's, I think, the framework we're going to be pursuing moving forward. Um, So we'll still be doing amazing interviews with guests uh, and that kind of thing. But again, we want to, we've been so impressed by your response of like when we do these off-topic episodes that we're like, wow, They've just been a little little too sporadic. And I think Mm -hmm. we've heard a lot of feedback that, yeah, it would be nice to just get a little more of that. So we're listening and we want to just continue to evolve and make things, make things better for the show and yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be good. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure Adam and I both. We want to hear from you guys. Is there a particular framework that you guys really like? Do you like what we're going to be doing moving forward? Um, again, it will give us a little bit more preparation to do very high quality interviews, and it will give you guys the opportunity to have a little bit more time to submit your questions to you know our special guests that we're having. So. Uh, but yeah, let us know at hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Uh, just send us a quick email. Let us know, um, you know, your thoughts. Um, if you have questions, uh, comments, you want to be a guest or you know of someone that would be a really good, uh, good guest, just uh, email us again. Uh, we'd love to hear from, uh, hear from you and hear from them. Uh, if you've got like a referral or recommendation that you think would be great for the show. Yeah, and it's like I said, we're not we're not going anywhere. We're still going to have awesome content. We're just going to take a couple weeks off just to kind of see where we want to take everything and just make things happen. So if you're new to the the show, we really welcome you. I mean, we've done 28 weeks in a row. We've done, we have 28 crazy. episodes that you can go back and listen to and really get an idea of what what who we are, what we mm-hmm. what we like, what we believe in, all this kind of stuff, and prepare for the future. And you know, if you want to be a part and you get updates, we actually. Our, uh, we launched our new website, didn't we? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the new website is live and ready for you guys to go and check out. So please go to growlikeaproshow.com. Um, check it out. Let us know what your, your thoughts are. Uh, if you've got any ideas, recommendations to make it even better, uh, we want to hear from you. And we've got some incredible testimonials from some of our previous guests that we've had on the show. Uh, and again, we cannot do this without the support of listeners like you without the support of the guests that we've had on the show without the support of you know our sponsor genesis marketing group Uh, we can't do this at all with any uh, without any of you guys so definitely appreciate every single one of you without a doubt i couldn't have said it better myself and you know like i said you can keep track at at, at our website you can follow us on twitter at grow like a pro one uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Bankhurst. You can follow, follow Jason. me at JJ Flagel yeah. on Twitter. And we'll obviously be sharing all the updates and when we kind of have a, a good plan in place. And while it'll be sad to be gone for a couple of weeks, I think it'll really make a difference in the end and really make sure so when we come back, we come back strong. That's right. So, you know, until then, first of all, we just want to really thank Barry Underwick for sharing his time with us. And mm-hmm. Jason, I want to thank you for just being an incredible co-host for all these past 28 thank weeks. You. And, I want to thank you, Adam, yeah, too. And I look forward to a lot more fun stuff that we do together in the future. And once again, if you want to be a part of the show and be a part of our, of our future, of the community, please send emails to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Once again, that's hello at growlikeaproshow.com. And don't forget the wave. <laughs> and you know you need and, to put an asterisk in there <laughs> exactly you must wave. do it <laughs> but yeah until until next time i just hope you have a great day and a night and we will see you next time <laughs> i can't say week anymore i, know, so I was sad. gonna say you can't say week <laughs> but yeah we'll see you soon and once again have a great day and we will uh yeah we'll, we'll catch you guys soon 